Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Well, let's just take a look at uh, St. Luke, the seventh chapter. I want to talk today about these people that rejected God's counsel. And when I mean God's counsel, uh, that means they rejected God's plan for their lives. The, the, what God had in store for them. God got a plan, brothers and sisters, for your life, mine, and all of us. He created us, and certainly he has a plan. And uh, so God came into this world through a virgin birth, uh, Mary, uh, and he presented, presented his plan to the folks. To those of his people, his people, he presented this plan to them, and they reject. We, we, you'll see what I'm talking about. Let's look at it. Let's read. Okay, Saint Luke seven chapter verse number eleven. There's going to be some reading here. To, uh, so, uh, uh, and follow me if you will, please. Uh, Saint Luke seven verse number eleven. It says, and it came to pass uh, the day after that he went into a city called Nail, and many of his disciples uh, were with him. And much people, you know, people always followed Jesus from wherever he went because of the miracles that he'd done. He raised the dead, healed, healed the sick, and he'd done so much. People followed him. They they needed something. And, you know, we need something today, too. So many of the disciples went with him and much people. They followed along with him. And when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, uh, the son of the son of his mother. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. So what's going on here? Uh, here's a funeral procession. Never we'll forget. My old deacon used to talk to us about this a long time ago. Jesus stopped a funeral uh, procession going on. So this young man had died. His mother, she uh, had only one son, and she was a widow, and she lost her son. And Jesus pulled up here. Here's a funeral going on, going to put the man, bury him. All right, and it said, behold, there was a there, there was a, 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 a dead man carried out, the son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. Yeah, they moaned her, comforted her. And when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. This is what the Lord said to the woman who lost her son. She cried in pain, hurting, and Jesus I love, I love one thing about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I love everything about him, but this I love about him. He is a God of compassion. When you are hurting, the Lord knows when we are hurting, and God looks at our hurt, and he will heal the pain. And I thank God, each and every one of you all, you you have experienced hurt in your life uh, before, and you will experience it again. I experienced hurt. I've been hurt before by brethren. Uh, by my sisters and what have you, people that I thought was my friends. I've been hurt. And you know what? God has eased the pain. God had compassion on me when I was hurting. I was hurt big time years ago at at our church some time ago, big time. We had a a good gathering, a a nice flock of people at our church. And, And I was hurt. You talking about hurt, hurt, hurt. Uh, when many of them uh, just just left our church and and, and went 
back out into the world and went back out to wherever the devil would take them to. But anyway, uh, I was hurt about uh, the loss of uh, so many members uh, at one particular time. Uh, but the Lord comforted me. He comforted me and had compassion on me. And let me know, you know, uh, uh, one thing I learned, a preacher told me, he said, Brother, the church is just like a bus. I said, okay. He said, just like a bus. Uh, people getting on and people getting off. I never looked at it that way. That's the way church business is. People getting off the bus and people getting on the bus. And so I just thank God for that understanding. And so many got on the bus and so many get off the bus. But you know what? God is so good. As they get off, God got another load getting on. And so I, I, God had compassion and had to show me some things. And so verse 14 says, and he came and touched the bar. And the bar, this, this is the, the, the casket they had the man in. You know what he was in. And and, and they that bade him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to ye, you, uh, arise. And God stopped this funeral procession. He stopped, he touched the casket, and, 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 and they stood still. And he said, Young man, uh, arise, get up. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Oh, God is such a wonderful God. God stopped the funeral procession and gave this young man back to his mother. Verse 16 said, And there there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. So when, when the people saw what our Lord and Savior done, stopped this funeral procession and uh, told a young man, Rise up. Get up, young man. And, and, you know, when God speaks, people got to move. Things going to happen when the Lord speaks. What we need to do is just pray. The Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to my circumstance. Speak to what's going on around me. But one thing I know, when God speaks, brothers and sisters, stuff happens. Stuff happens. Things line up. Things fall in place when, when God speaks. And God spoke to that young man. So rise up. Get up from there. You know what? And he couldn't do nothing but get up when God comes. Because the Lord Jesus had spoke. And he got up. Take a look at this. And and uh, verse number 17 says, And, and, and this, this rumor of, of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. When people hear about you, well, when people hear about you, uh, they get the news about you. They look into it. Uh, so when this rumor of what Jesus done raising this young man up, the rumor went out all through Judea and throughout all the region. You know what? And, and the only way people can hear about you is word of mouth. That's why I encourage all of you all, tell somebody about the Lord. Tell somebody about your your teacher. Tell somebody about your spiritual leader. That's the only way they'll know you have one. That's the only way that they'll know. If you don't tell somebody about what you have, how they gonna know? They won't know. You you can have uh you can have whatever you got, pocket full of money. You can be you can be doing forever so well. But if you don't tell anybody, don't share with anybody, how anybody gonna know what's going on in your life? So whatever we have, whatever we are doing, whatever we are into, we really need to learn to share it with, 
with, with those people that God has put in our life. Share with them the information that you know. If you got a teacher that you believe in, uh, tell somebody. I know this man that, uh, man, he really teach the word of God. You all check him out sometime. Share him. You know, I hear preachers on Facebook, you know, when they be doing the little thing on Facebook, they always say, share, 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 share. Hit your share button. Share it with somebody. And uh, so I was checking them out. I said, what's going on with this share, share, share? When I look at different pages, when I listen to my friend Bishop Porter on, on Facebook, and he always said, hit share. Somebody hit share. Share it, y'all. Hit share. And I said, what's up with all this share? He wants somebody else to hear what he's saying. He don't want to just be talking to me and, and, and one or two others. He said, hit that share button so everybody can hear what I'm saying today about the vaccine, about this uh this thing that we got going on Saturday. Your the, the registration is very simple, made easy. Just hit share so somebody know it. And somebody hit share, and I got the word that it was simple to do, and that's how I went about to do it. So what what what's going on right here? Uh, when Jesus raised this man from the dead. Uh, the people began to glorify God, and they said, well, a prophet is risen up among us. Sometimes you, you, everybody needs to know what's among them. If, if, if there's a, something good going on and you know about it in the neighborhood, tell somebody else about it. And so the people glorified God, and they said, there's a prophet risen up among us. They didn't know. Uh, and then they said that God has visited his people. So God has come to us and visited us. Now we see. And this rumor, it went everywhere throughout Judea and throughout all the region about what Jesus had done. So I'm saying, brothers and sisters, if you will, tell somebody about what you into. Okay? Tell somebody about what you listen to sometimes. So uh, they might need what you got. What you have, they might need it also. I'm sure they do. Yeah, uh, share, share, share uh, what you know with people. If if they'll listen, you know, everybody won't listen. Uh, look at verse 18. And the disciples of John, uh, and the disciples of John, show him of all these things. Now we talk about Jesus, what Jesus had just done. Now verse 18 is getting into John the Baptist. Jesus began to talk about uh, his friend, uh, his cousin, John the Baptist. You know, uh, Jesus and John the Baptist was first cousin, Mary and Elizabeth, the, these two sisters. So uh, uh, Mary had Jesus and uh, Elizabeth uh, had John. So John and Jesus was first cousin. So Jesus getting ready to say some things about his uh his cousin John. Check this out. And the disciples of John showed him all these things. So when John disciple was out there, they heard the rumor that Jesus raised up this young man from the dead. They heard what Jesus had been doing in the region. And when John disciples heard it, they went back to John and told John what Jesus done. He stopped the funeral recession, John, and he made the young man get up. And he sent him back, gave him back to his mother, told John what Jesus done. Verse number 19. And John calling unto him uh, two of his disciples, uh, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that, sh that should come, or look we for another? Now, Jesus, as I said with John's first cousin, and John's disciples came back and gave Jesus with a report 
uh, I'm sorry, John disciples came back and gave John the report what Jesus had done. And John was so uh, uh, interested in the work that Jesus was doing, healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the multitude, that John sent his disciples back to Jesus with a question. This is the question John called his disciples, called two of them, and sent them to Jesus and saying, Art thou he that should come? See, John knew a Messiah was coming. John knew somebody was coming that was going to deliver God's people. They need delivering. The Roman soldier was cutting up. The Romans was in charge, and they just needed deliverance. Rome needed to be delivered. And so John knew God was going to send somebody. And so John sent the disciples back, go back and ask Jesus, are you the one that's going to come and deliver us, or do we look for another person coming and do this? And here, check it out. Are thou, are thou he that should come? Or look, we for another, verse 21. And in the same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirit. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. This is what Jesus done. Y'all see it in verse 21? He healed many of their infirmities. Lord, no, we need that now. He healed the plagues. Lord, no, we need that now. And evil spirits. And, and, and even many that were blind, God gave sight. We, you know, we need God to move. We really do in our community, in our society, in our lives. We need God to move like this one more time. I know God can do it. God can do it. If he did it before, I heard somebody say, if he did it before, he can do it again. Yeah, he can do it again. And so Jesus did these things. He cured many of their infirmities, many of them that had plagues. We we dealing with plagues now, this is, you know, and and evil spirits. God, uh, evil spirits are among us. We need God to cast out these evil spirits. Sometimes you need to pray in your house, drive out the spirits that's in your house. Uh, I encourage everybody, if you ever have any kind of function or party or something at your house or, or get together at your house where a lot of people gather, when the old folks leave your house, you need to pray. Because a lot of old folks' spirits still linger around in your house. And you be wondering what's going on and what's happening. You might hear different noises in the other other room or what have you. A lot of old folks come over there, they brought all those evil spirits on their backs and in their spirit. Those spirits linger around and stay at your house. So when the old folks leave your house, you need to pray. Pray those spirits, get up out of there. They came over there, pray to get on up out of there when they leave. So here Jesus prayed, and he, uh, he cast out these evil spirits. And unto many that was blind, he gave sight. Verse 22 said, and Jesus said, and Jesus answered and said unto them, uh, because John the disciple asked him, are you the one that's going to come? Because they got to give a report back to John. Jesus answered and said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the, the deaf they can hear now, the dead are raised, and the poor they got the gospel preached to them. So you go back and tell John that kind of report. Okay, that, that's the report. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended to me. So John's disciple went back to him and told John exactly what Jesus said. Remember the report John sent him said, ask him, are you the one or do I look for another man? John and Jesus told his disciples, tell John the blind can see, 
the deaf can hear, the lepers are clean, the dead are raised, and I don't preach the gospel to the poor. And when they took that report back to John, John automatically knew Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the one that was going to come and deliver the people. He was the one that come, was going to come and bridge the gap, bring us back to God. He knew right then. John was facing death. You know, John was facing death. He got in trouble by his preaching. Sometimes your preaching will get you in trouble. John was preaching, and uh, Herod was the king, and uh, Herod uh, uh, got in trouble. He made a promise to a young, beautiful lady and told her that whatever she wants, I'll give it to you to have my kingdom. Just want you to be my wife. And she didn't know what to ask for. And she went to her mother and said, Mother, the king said, here, give me whatever I want until half the kingdom. What should I ask for? She didn't know what to ask for. You know, sometimes we don't know what to pray for. And anyway, she went to her mom, and her mom didn't like John the Baptist. No, no, because John was a preacher of righteousness. John told the truth. And sometimes people don't like it when you tell the truth. And so John told the truth. And uh, 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 John preached the truth. And this woman didn't like him. And, and she said, Mom, what should I ask for? And she said, go back to the king and ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Oh, my goodness. She was an evil woman. So she went back and told the king, King, here's what I want. You said, you give me whatever I want? Yes, to have my kingdom. Well, I want John the Baptist's head, and I want it on a platter. And the king was sad because he knew John was a prophet, a great man of God. But when the king put his word out, he don't renege on it. He can't take it back. He got to follow through with it. So the king was sad, but he made a promise to this young, beautiful girl. I give you whatever you want. You be my bride. She said, well, I want John the Baptist's head. So king, the king had to order his soldiers to go and capture John the Baptist, arrest him, put him in prison, and then uh, behead him. Take his head off, put it on a platter, and bring it to him. Now, who in the world want a head brought to them on a platter? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, uh, so John was in prison, and he was a face in death. He didn't want to die not knowing that the Messiah was coming, that the Messiah was here, and that he was going to do a great work and take up the work where he left off. So John died in hope, knowing that Jesus was on the scene. That's why he asked his disciples, go and ask him, are you the one coming or do I look for another? And, and Jesus sent back to John and said, uh, uh, the, the, dead can, the dead are raised, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the poor got the gospel, and the lepers are clean. Take John these five things that I've done. And when they went back and told John the five things that Jesus done, John can he can he can uh, 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 exhale. He can he can he can take a deep breath and just exhale, and knowing that our Lord and Savior has arrived on the scene and He's doing what was prophesied for Him to do. So John died in peace, knowing that Jesus came. Okay, so here Jesus began to talk about John. Take a look at this. All right, uh, verse twenty-four says, "And when the messengers, when the messengers of John were departed, he spake, uh, he spake unto the people concerning John, 
What what went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? So Jesus was telling the mother to, when y'all went out to the wilderness, when John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, he was preaching the gospel of repentance. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you went out there and saw John in the wilderness, what did you go out there to see? You didn't go out there to see a man in a tuxedo, because why would a man be in the wilderness wearing a tuxedo? You didn't go out in the wilderness to see a man wearing a robe. Uh, uh, but what man out in the robe, in the wilderness preaching in the robe? So he said, when you went out into the wilderness to see John, what did you go out there to see? A reed shaking in the wind? No. John was no pushover. John was preaching the truth. He was telling the truth. And so when you went out there and you saw John, you saw a man that was dressed as a man would be dressed in the wilderness. The Bible said he, he, his, his, his clothing was a, a, a lamb wool. He wore lamb wool and, uh, you know, dressed in lamb wool, a reed in lamb wool. So he dressed uh, according to his, uh, uh, the purpose. He was out in the wilderness. And so he, Jesus said, what do y'all go out there and see? He didn't dress in no tuxedo. He may be dressed a little odd, camera hair, you know, and, and, and what have you. But he would dress according to the occasion. But it doesn't matter what the man had on. The man was preaching the truth. It doesn't matter he wasn't in a three-piece suit, but he was preaching the truth. Sometimes people cannot perceive, they cannot receive you because you don't look the way they want you to look. Are y'all listening to me? If you don't look a certain way, folks just can't receive you. You mean you, you got to be dressed like a million dollars before, oh, he's a man of God. He can be the biggest crook in the world. This is what Jesus was saying about John. John was dressed according to uh, his appearance. Verse 25 says, But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft uh, raiment? Behold, they which are of glorious appear live in delicacy, uh, delicately are in king's court. And what went you out to see? A prophet, yea, I say unto you. Uh, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy faith, which shall prepare thy way before thee. And so what Jesus is saying that uh, what you went out to see, did you go out and see a man dressed like a king? Uh, did you go out in the wilderness and see a man dressed like uh, a million dollars? Did you go out and see a man in the wilderness dressed in a tuxedo? Or did you go out to see a prophet? If you went out to see a prophet, a real man of God, you saw one when you saw John the Baptist. So Jesus is uh, 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 preaching about John the Baptist. He's giving a, a tribute to John. He's validating John the Baptist. Not validating the clothes that John wearing, but he's validating what John the Baptist has in his heart. It's all about what's in your heart, not what's on the outside. What's in your heart? What's in his heart was he was a true prophet of God, and he told the truth concerning the things of God. That's what mattered. I'd rather for a man to tell me the truth and preach the truth than to sit up in there in a three-piece suit and a, and, a, and a beautiful robe and tell me a lie. From Jesus, said, what y'all went out there to see? What you were out there for? You hear the truth? Or see a man dressed up in king apparel. I want to see a man. I want to see a man that's going to tell me the truth. I'm not worried about what he got on. Because what he got on 
do not uh, define uh, what's on the inside. You follow what I'm saying? What you have on do not define what you are. Because I've seen people look like a million dollars. They ain't got nothing. All right. Let me move on just here. All right. Uh, uh, Version 26 said, uh, but what you went out to see, uh, I said to you, much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, verse 27, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verse 28, For I said to you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So Jesus validated John the Baptist that John was truly a man of God. Yeah, I know he's facing death. He's going to lose his head uh, because of what the woman asked for. But there's no man that's born of a woman that's greater than John the Baptist. Oh, no, because he was a true prophet of God. All right, and he goes on that. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. In other words, so he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. If you, if you just carry yourself the right way, we will be just equal and greater to some of the greatest. It's all about what's in your heart. All right, let's check this out. Verse 28, he said uh, about John. John been a prophet, but he that is he that is uh, least uh, in the kingdom, his heart is right, is uh, just as great as some of these great men of God. Validating John. It's good to be validated. It's good to be validated, brothers and sisters. Everybody that's doing something for the Lord needs some validation. Men and women need validation. Your pastor needs validation. I, I, I need somebody, no matter who I talk to, how I care myself, I need validation. I need somebody to, to say something about Ella Johnson. I can't go out and tell you about how good I am. That's out of order. That's out of order. That's not the way you do that. Somebody have to validate me. Somebody have to validate you. I validate you, and we have to validate one another. Okay, people don't validate themselves. Verse number 29 says, And all the people that heard him and the Republicans, they justified God. Hmm. They justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. So all the people, the Republicans, they justified God. It's good to justify God, give God the glory. And, and, the, and the way they gave God the glory is they believed the teaching of John the Baptist, and they got baptized in the wilderness. John baptized these folks. And, and by obeying John's gospel, showing that they glorified God. You want to glorify God? Obey the truth that's being taught and preached. This is how you glorify God. Obey what you hear. Obey what you learn. Obey what you've been taught. And so they glorify God by being baptized of John. But check out verse number 30. But the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of God. So what I'm saying here, these people rejected they rejected God. Oh, my goodness. They rejected the plan that God had for their lives by not being baptized of John. They said, I ain't, I ain't letting John baptize me. Or they, they thought they were too good to get baptized of John the Baptist. I know he's out in the wilderness, cold and, 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 and soft uh, camel hair. I, and the Bible says he ate locusts and wild honey. That was his meal. I, I know he was out in the wilderness, didn't look like a king, but they would they refused to let John baptize them because of the way the man looked. 
but he was a true prophet of God. And so these Pharisees, they wouldn't get baptized. The Pharisees and the lawyer rejected the counsel of God against themselves. So you only, you only, see one thing about it, you're only hurting yourself when you reject God. They rejected the counsel of God against themselves, not being baptized of John the Baptist. But the, but the Republicans, they justified God being, verse, see, verse 29, they justified God by allowing John, baptize me, John. That's what John came to do. The Bible said John, they called him John the Baptist because he baptized folks in the river of Jordan. That was his title. He baptized folks. But there were certain people that refused to be baptized of John. They thought John was beneath them. John wasn't worthy to baptize them. You know, John baptized Jesus in the river of Jordan. John didn't want to baptize him. He didn't want to do it. But Jesus told John, he said, John suffered to be so. For it's time for us to fulfill all righteousness. John knew Jesus was a holy man. John knew Jesus was from, from above. He knew he was sent by God. And John felt like, Jesus, I, I don't need to baptize you. I need you to baptize me. But Jesus told John, John, we got to do this. I have to set an example. We must do this. Suffer to be sold now, John, for a time to be who was a, to fulfill all righteousness. And John forbade him. And John baptized Jesus in the river of Jordan. And the heaven was open, and the Spirit of God descended as a dove upon Jesus and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I will please. Amen. Amen. And so the Pharisees, they refused to get baptized, and they only hurt themselves. The Bible said in verse 30, they rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. And the, and the, and the Republicans justified God by being baptized. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do? Are we going to justify God and by obeying the truth, or we going we gonna uh, reject the counsel of God because well uh, the preachers don't look like a million dollars. He don't look like a king. He don't look like this right here. Look, if he's a prophet of God, if he's a man of God, you need to obey the word of God that comes from him. Are y'all following? So they reject the counsel of God, brothers and sisters. I submit to you, don't reject the counsel of God. Okay. Amen, somebody. Let's move on just a little bit further. Look at the book of Acts. I want to show you something of what Paul taught right here in the book of Acts. We move it along. So don't reject the counsel of God because of, you know, what it looked like. Accept God and hear the word of God. Obey the word of God. Amen. Because it's the word of God. Obey the prophet. Obey the, 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 the means of God that teach you the word of God because they are of God. Uh, Acts 20, and look at take, take a look at verse number 17, then we're going to read down. And, and from, from Mountus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto, unto them, You know from the first day that I came uh, into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. So Paul is letting his people, this is Paul speaking now. Paul letting the people know, he said, when I, the first day I came to Asia Manor, uh, you know, uh, uh, I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with humility of mind and with tears and with temptation, which befell me by the lining weight of the Jew. So Paul is telling the people here, 
uh, and, and that's in Asia. He said, you know when I came to you, you know what kind of person I was. I'm a person that served God in all humility. I'm not, he's not all high and mighty. You got to serve me and all that kind of stuff. Paul was a humble man. And this is what God is calling for. This is what God wants all of us. God is looking for an humble man, an humble woman, an humble child of God. You know what I'm saying? Not one that's proud and arrogant, but we got to be humble. Paul's our soul. God with all humility of mind, with tears. He's I'm not afraid to cry. I, I have to, if I have to cry, I have to cry sometimes. And in temptation that he went through, and he suffered some temptation that befell him at the line and the Jew. But notice verse number twenty. He goes on to say, he said, "How I want you to understand this. Paul was a true prophet, true a true teacher of the word." Verse twenty says, "I want you to know how I kept nothing back." That was profitable unto you. You'll see that. Verse 20. Paul says, I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have shown you. And I have taught you publicly from house to house. So Paul said, we went from house to house. I visited your house. I taught the word. I visited over here at your house. I taught the word. So he's telling his parishioners here, he said, I, I kept nothing back. So when you got a true teacher that'll teach you the word of God and won't hold nothing back, then then you should you should submit yourself to the teacher and not reject the counsel of God by not obeying and doing what God is saying through that teacher. So Paul said, I kept nothing back that was profitable. Now one thing about what I, I, I get out of this verse 20. Paul said, I kept nothing back, uh, I kept nothing back that was profitable. In other words, Paul didn't preach no anything. There's a lot of things that I won't deal with, that I won't talk about, uh, if it's, if, because it's not profitable. You know, if it's profitable, if it's concerning your soul salvation, if it will help you be a better person, then we'll deal with that. But the thing that don't matter, you know, some things, preachers just don't preach anything or deal with everything. We have to deal with the important things of life. So Paul's, I kept nothing back that was profitable. So what they're saying to me, there was some things he didn't tell the church. There was some things he didn't tell the church members. There was some things he didn't tell his followers. They didn't need to know. If you don't need to know it, then I won't say it. Are y'all following me? Listen to me. So Paul's, I kept nothing back that was profitable. Some folks won't know everything. If the church decide to buy a bus, if we decide to uh, 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 paint the church, you ain't got to tell everybody. Just if, just whoever's in charge of the business, y'all get together and say, well, church need painting, hire a contract and paint the church. You ain't got to tell everybody. So because it ain't all that important. So he said, I kept nothing back that was, I'm just giving you a little example, nothing that's profitable, nothing that pertaining to your soul salvation, nothing that's, uh, uh, that, was, that, that, that you need that, that will keep you out of the kingdom. Whatever you need to be saved to go to heaven, then those are the things that we're going to deal with. But some of the little bitty stuff that really don't matter, you ain't, you ain't got to know. You, you don't have to know that. It's not important. It's not important. This is what Paul is saying. I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have shown you, and I taught you publicly from house to house, and testified both to the Jew and also to the Greek that repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what he, pre he preached to the people. I taught you about repentance. We need to repent of our sins and ask the Lord forgive us for the thing that we've done wrong. I taught repentance toward God. 
and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I kept nothing back that were profitable. And this is what this is what Jesus done. But and this is what John did. But yet the Pharisee rejected the counsel of God. They rejected the plan of God for their life by not being baptized of John. Okay. Let's move on just a little bit further, brothers. What I'm talking about, don't reject the counsel of God. Don't reject it. But glorify God in obeying it. I know, uh, 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 look at, look at uh, the book of Galatians. We're moving forward. Re but, but glorify God in that you obey in the truth of God, okay, that's being taught in the word of God. Now, in the book of Galatians, here Paul is talking again to some of his people uh, in Galatians, the first chapter. You'll got that. Turn over a few pages. Galatians, the first chapter, verse number six. Paul talking to his, uh, his, uh, his, his followers here, the Galatians. He said in verse number six, he said, I, I marvel that you are so soon removed. Uh, from him they call you to the to the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So what Paul is telling his followers right here, Paul said, I'm so surprised, I marvel I, that you are so soon removed from him that call you into the grace of Christ. So what Paul is saying, he's the problem he's dealing with is the church was falling off. People was leaving the church. And Paul said, I'm so surprised that you all would leave and follow somebody else. And, and, and go back into a world of sin. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him, and that him would be Paul, that called you into the grace of Christ. Paul preached and taught the people and called them into the grace of Christ, showed them how to get into the grace of Christ, and then he said, I'm surprised that you are removed from him, Paul, myself, that you are leaving my teaching and, and, and that I taught you about the grace of Christ until another gospel, and they went to something else. And Paul was trying to let them know in verse 7, said, which is not another. There's not another gospel. There's not another true teaching other than the word of God. Don't let anybody pull you from the word of God to something that's less than the word of God, which is not another. But there are going to be some that will trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. So Paul is telling his parishioners here, his followers, that look, don't, don't reject the counsel of God. There will be some that will trouble you. There are some people that will trouble you. It don't take all that. You don't have to go to church every Sunday. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, do all all that, there are going to be some folk that will trouble your mind about what you are doing right now. They're just those kind of people in the world. The devil got it. The devil doing his work. The devil going to use somebody. He's going to speak to somebody. He's going to use somebody to try to offset you from doing what you're doing, my brothers. He's going to do that. But what Paul is telling his church family here, he said, don't listen to those folks, which is not another, but there are going to be some that will trouble you and will pervert. You know what pervert means? Change it, twist it, the gospel of Christ. Don't listen to that. And verse number 8 said, but though we, Paul said, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that was preached, we are, uh, uh, that we, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So he said, if anybody tell you anything different from what I'm telling you, let that man be accursed. Look, it doesn't matter who it is. Look, there are some great teachers out there, brothers and sisters. There are some great Bible scholars out there, brothers and sisters, out there in the land. But look, let me tell you something. I don't care who they are. You name it, they be bishop this and bishop that. I don't care who they are and what they look like. If they say anything other than what I'm saying in this word, he lying. He lying. Because I have, he ain't got, I used to say all the time, 
I don't care how big the man church is, he ain't got no more Jesus than I got. I don't care how big his church is, how many folks he got following him. They tell me T.D. Jake got 20,000 members. I don't care if he got 100,000 members. T.D. Jake ain't got no more Bible and Word of God than I got right here. No more. He got just what I got. And so... uh. This is what Paul is saying to some of his people. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. So what I'm saying is, no matter, I don't care how big that congregation might be, if he's preaching something different from what I'm preaching, it's not right. It's wrong. Y'all follow what I'm saying? John was a true prophet, and that's all that matters. What you wear don't matter. How big you are don't matter. Who you are don't matter. The name and the title you got don't matter. What matter is, are you a true prophet of God, like John was? He said, let that man be a curse. All right, let's move on just a little bit further. All right, in verse number uh, uh, 9, it says, And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached that you have received, let him be a curse. Now, that's, that's, what, that's what Paul said. If they say anything other than what we preach, let that person be a curse. The word of God is the word of God. It's the word of God. And that's what we preach and that's what we teach. So it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter how you look. It's a matter what you're teaching. It matters what's in your heart. Okay, it doesn't matter what John about to have on. They refused to let John baptize him because of what he was wearing. Oh my goodness! I, I'm not going to heaven because of what I'm wearing. I'm going to heaven because of what I what's in my heart. You are not going to be saved today, brothers and sisters. What you are wearing, you're going to be saved by what's in your heart. It's in your heart by faith in Jesus Christ. Are y'all following me? If that's what it's all about. So don't get hung up and get stuck on uh, something other than you need to be stuck on, okay? It's about what's in the heart. By the heart. It's in the heart. Man believe and confess unto salvation. Now, let's roll, roll on uh, just a little bit further. I'm almost done. One last scripture right here. St. John. St. John, the 15th chapter. Take a look at this. They reject the counsel of God. Don't you reject the counsel of God because what a person might look like. Because what kind of car he's what he's driving? Oh man, did you see that car he's driving? He's driving a Bentley. I know he's a man of God. The devil drive Bentleys. That don't mean he's a man of God because he's driving a Bentley. You can be a man of God and drive a Pinto. It's what's in your heart. It's, that has nothing to do with it. That doesn't define de define uh, you by that way. No, but people people always look to people that way and uh, uh, trying to define people by what they have on and what they wear. Look at St. John 15, chapter, and verse number 14. I'm going to read this briefly. St. John 15 and verse number 14. Check this out. Jesus said right here, you, you, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. One thing about it, brothers and sisters, I, 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 I want to be a friend of God. The Bible said Abraham believed God, he trusted God, and God counted Abraham as a friend. Abraham was a friend of God. I just want to be God's friend. I can say God is my friend. Jesus is my friend. 
we're friends. And I want God, not only I want God to know my name, I want to know his name. So God know my name, I know his name, God knows your name, and you know his name. He said, you are my friends. Then we told the disciples, you are my friends. You know, it's good to be re- referred to as friends. When somebody refers to you as friends, that, that speaks volume. That says a whole lot, brother, when somebody says, this is my friend. That, that means a lot. Not my, this is just an associate or just somebody I know. But when someone say of you, this is my friend, you said a mouthful. He said, you are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. Verse 15 says, uh, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. Uh, but I but I call you friend for all things that I have heard of the Father, I have made known unto you. So Jesus said, I, I call you friends because servants don't know what's going on. You don't let people that are the servant, you don't tell them what's going on. You know, they just serve. They just, just go with the ride. I'm not going to tell the servants everything. But Jesus said, I call you friends, and, and because you are my friend, everything that the Father has told me and given me, I'm going to tell you about it. You're going to know what's going on. And so you will have a, a better insight on the word of God, a better insight on what God is getting ready to do. You and you and I should have a better outlook on life uh, and what's going on in the world today with this virus, this plague, and the way people are acting so silly with our elected officials, our governors, our president. When you see people acting like they're acting, you have a better insight on it because we are friends of God, and God reveals these things to us, and I know what's going on. I know what's happening. I know, look, we are living in the last day. Time is winding up. The Lord is getting ready to come back for his church. I know what time it is. When you see folk doing all this, folk killing the elderly people, folk just killing babies and doing silly stuff. I, we know the times of the signs, the, the signs of the time. Thank you. We know it. What's going on? The Lord is getting ready to come back. The devil is cutting up. So Jesus said, Jesus said, you are my friends, and, and by you being my friends, I will let you know what's going on. Brothers and sisters, if you don't know what's going on, you must not be a friend. You must be a servant. You must be a servant. I know what's happening. I know everything is lining up for the Antichrist. Everything is lining up for the mark of the beast. Everything is lining up. Brothers and sisters, according to the scripture, it's lining up. It's lining up. I know that because I'm a friend of God, and I read it, and God is informing me. God is informing you about what's to happen, what's about to take place in our world. It's silly. Our school system is silly about what's going on, and the curriculum that they they want to start teaching in the school system is silly. I heard just the other day that they talk about teaching children going forward. They're going to stop children from saying mom and dad. You don't, don't teach them to say mom and dad no more. You just said parents. I know what's going on. I know what's going on because I'm a friend of God. I know what's happening. They're just setting the stage so they can do their silly sins, the foolishness that they want to do. Tear up the family. No more mom and dad because mom and dad is a man and a woman. Don't say mom and just say my parents. Parents can be a man and a man. A man or a, a woman and a woman. So I, I know what's going on. I'm a friend of God. And God tells me what's happening. 
and I'm not going to reject the counsel of God. But listen what he said at verse 14. I'm at, uh, uh, where am I at? Let's see. Just look at what he said. I call you no more friend. First, uh, we at verse 15, right? Hereafter I call you not servant, but servant. Uh, uh, they don't know what the Lord do. But I call you friend for all things that I have heard of my father. I've make known unto you. Verse sixteen says, "Ye have call, have not chosen me, but I have chosen you." This is what the Lord said. I have chosen you, and I ordain you that you should go and bear forth, bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. There it is. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So the Lord said, I have chosen you, and I have ordained you. Yes, he did. And I send you forth to go out and bring forth some fruit. And check this out. And that your fruit should remain. The Lord is very interested in that your fruit and my fruit remain. Okay? Remain. Continue to have good fruit in Jesus' name. I hope these words find you well. Brothers and sisters, let's not reject the counsel of God. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.